Hello and welcome to Weird Tales Podcast. This is a show where I speak about weird tales the world over, famous people, battles and monsters and more. If you like what you hear, please follow us on Spotify and on Instagram. There is a link in the description below. On Instagram you will get updates on upcoming episodes and if you like, you can send me a DM with topics you would like me to discuss. Thank you for listening and let's go. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Today we are traveling to the land of skis, oil, fish and lusekofter. This is Norway. Uh, Norway is a beautiful place with uh, breathtaking views, especially if you have a chance to experience the mountains and uh, the fjords. However, Norway is also a country responsible for bringing more black metal bands to the forefront and giving the scene uh, a rebirth in the 1990s. And this is also where our story today takes place. We are going to talk about Vadi Vikernes. He is the founder of the band Bursum and the bass player of the band Mayhem. He is also a convicted murderer and arsonist and he was sentenced to 21 years in prison for his crime and this is the maximum sentence you can receive in Norway and he served 15 of these 21 years in prison and was released in 2009 to understand this man we need to go back to the beginning and also talk about the person and the scene surrounding everything when he murdered someone. Vadi today is known as Louis Cachette, a name he legally changed to after prison to uh, protect himself and his uh, family. However, he still responds to Vadi even to this day. He was born in Bergen, Norway on February 11th, 1973. Uh, He has an older brother and his mother at the time worked for an oil company and his father is an electronics engineer. Because his father's work, the family lived for a year in Baghdad, Iraq. And uh, at this time, Varg was around six or seven years old. And he recalls this time as weird 
and in his own words, his first experience with racial tensions. Because the English school in Baghdad had no uh, positions for new students, Varg was sent to a native elementary school, and in this school he saw corporal punishment towards the students, but Varg pointed out that the teachers did not really hit him, and he attributes this to be because he was white. However, he had, um, in his own words, a quarrel with a teacher that referred to him many times as a monkey. And later, when the family moved back to Norway, uh, Vadi continued his views on race and people, even up to this day. According to him, his father was not particularly happy when his son had a pretty big swastika flag in his room, but Vadi has countered this with comments about both of his parents' view on foreigners and uh, immigrants. An example uh, Vadi states is that his mother expressed fear that Vadi uh, would, and I quote, come home with a black girl. And his father also had comments um, against foreigners, and uh, I quote again, he was pissed about all the colored people in town. In the end, his parents divorced when uh, Vadi was around 11, 12 years old, and his mother has stated that she does not know where his views comes from. So that is the family life uh, out of the way, but, and uh, we will now talk a little bit about his musical talent. Even though his future crimes will uh, overshadow everything else, but you could say he's really talented as a musician. Uh, Vadi started with classical music like Tchaikovsky, but did then gradually move over to heavy metal. He cites Iron Maiden as his first inspiration into the genre, moved then further uh, with more bands such as Megadeth, Sodom, Creator, Slayer, and many more. And, I mean, it's all good bands in my opinion, being quite the metalhead myself. And his own musical project, which he is famous for, except, of course, the murder and arson, is called Bursum. He started this project in 1991 and recorded and released four albums during 1992 and 1993. The name Bursum actually comes from one of the words on the one ring in the Lord of the Rings. Uh, and means darkness. It's uh, one of the rings that they uh, on the inscription in the ring and that is uh, darkness. In total Bursum has released 12 ab- albums and the music is described by the man himself as a spell. The style can be described by musicians as dark neo-folk, black metal and neo-medieval. So we 
now gonna move into the next chapter of our story and we need to look at some specific things before this uh, we're gonna look at the black metal scene in Norway at the time the band Mayhem uh, and the church burnings and the media hype around this so-called satanic, uh, satanic movement in Norway and one thing we need to talk and take into consideration is that during the 80s and 90s the heavy metal scene was controversial and often misunderstood and Norway being a Christian nation um, there were some views on bands like Kiss and Alice Cooper who were described as satanic music and they were satanistic bands and uh, this is something I personally find quite uh, quite funny feels like uh, kiss uh, music is not really that hardcore in quotation marks but when you compare it to other types of bands and other type of music and um, if you have time after you listen to this episode there is uh, many um, documentaries about this on youtube and such and one of the documentaries i watched for research uh, had a clip when they talk about satanic uh, music in Norway and they use the music video for Kiss uh, I was made for loving you as an example and I I could not stop laughing about that that I think that was that is not one of the songs I I, I attribute to um, satanic uh, satanic music but still the moral panic was there and this became sort of a rallying call for the sub-genre of black metal especially for young adults and teenagers that was looking for alternative lifestyles and music and i think this is something that keeps on happening with both uh, culture and music when something new comes along and the culture shifts the older generation don't really know what to do with it and i mean i can just speak for myself sometimes when i hear modern music i i don't really know i, I sometimes i really feel like i'm 25 years older than i really am but you know when it comes to black metal and its satanic image it's nothing more than just that it's an it's an image uh, through my research for this episode and I watched interviews with band, ma- band members of different bands and uh, people in the scene and they describe it more like it's an it's an image more for shock value than anything else and uh, all the writings in the media at the time were quite excessive and talked about satanic rituals and covens by blood and blood sacrifice and and if you if you see it today most of it most of this seems to be young people in a subculture being misunderstood and being edgy Um, because i mean we all knew people in uh, high school and stuff like that to being being in in a group and you um, accept the group's uh, clothing and and traditions and, and such and for many people it's a face but 
being this is the 90s and uh, people don't really people did not really know that much uh, it's easy to see why uh, the media ran with everything but we can't forget forget the crimes members of any subgenre as regarding a music uh, the uh, crimes that they do and the crimes members of a group do, do is not a reflection of any particular subgenre we will now move on to the band mayhem and mayhem is one of the most influential bands in the black metal scene in norway and they're often credited with giving the scene a rebirth also international during the 90s and they were formed in 1984 and consisted of three members Oysten Arstedt aka Euronymous, Jorn Stubberud aka Necrobutcher and Shettil Mannheim after some time and shuffling around with members the band was filled in with two new members Pelle Yngve Olin aka Dead and Jan Axel Bloomberg, aka Hellhammer. In 1988, with this lineup, they quickly became famous for their for their live performances and music. Uh, especially the song singer Dead was using a lot of corpse paint, and uh, he did cut himself on stage, and they were presenting skulls of sheep and pigs on stage. And this made them quite famous and controversial. And they all moved into a house together to play music and uh, live to record um, music. Uh, but there were troubles started brewing under the surface. And just a quick side note: uh, going forward, I will refer to the to the members of Mayhem with their stage name just because it's easier. The band started working on their album The Mysteries Dom Satanas and during recording and producing the members Dead and Euronymous started to get on each other's nerves. According to drummer Hellhammer and I quote they weren't really friends at the end. Euronymous for example played a lot of synth music which dead absolutely hated and this made him go out and sleep in the forest and tragically it went so far that in 1991 on the 8th of august dead committed suicide in the house by cutting his wrists and shooting himself in the head with a shotgun Euronymous found him and informed the other members. However, before he informed the other members he and called the police, of course, he went and got a disposable camera to photograph the scene and even rearrange some things to get the pictures. And rumors were that he even used some brain parts to make a stew but this turned out to be um, false. But what is confirmed is that he actually took pieces of the skull 
the skull, the bone of the skull, and made um, necklaces to people he personally described as worthy in in the musical scene. And I mean, nice guy, nice guy indeed. And this was something that did not make Euronymous popular in the band, and um, Necro Butcher actually left the band because of his actions, um, because of Euronymous' actions after Dead Suicide. And the band was now down to two members, and they brought in three new members. Attila Chisar, uh, Thorns Snorre W. Rush, a.k.a. Blackthorn, and our main man for today, Vadi Virkenes, a.k.a. Count Grishnak to complete and record their album. So that is a little bit of the band Mayhem, which uh, Vari uh, joined. And now we're going to move into the church burnings of the time and to get a little bit more of the full picture of the, the media storm around everything. In 1992, on the 6th of June, the Fantoft Stave Church burned down, and this is a so-called wooden stave church, and it's uh, called that because of its a uh, it's a special building technique uh, used at the time. And this church is originally was from the 12th century. It has been restored today, so you can actually visit it. It's a it's a really beautiful wooden church. So if you're ever in Norway and um, you uh, want to see something really uh, cool, I can uh, recommend go see these churches. Uh, quickly, it was established as Arshan, and they even found animal remains in the form of a decapitated rabbit. Being this is the 90s, and no one had seen this before, quickly the press was labeling this as satanic rituals and devil worship. And the police did not really have much to go on, and the investigation stalled. By 1993, seven arson, arson attacks had occurred, and the police had no one in custody. But the break in the case came when a journalist who was contact, uh, contacted by two friends of Vadi, uh, they came to journalist to... Um, give him an interview that they had personally done uh, with who they called uh, was the person that had did the arson uh, so the journalist he uh, follow up on this and, and got an interview but um, this is uh, this was an uh, an effort to promote black metal and uh, pr generally for uh, uh, Vadi and Euronymous and Mayhem, and it has been stated later that Vadi and um, Euronymous planned this interview to to promote themselves. So, when this journalist by the name of Finn Bjorn Tonder met Vadi in an apartment to interview him, he could actually give a lot of details about the bur uh, burnings that was later proven by the police. Because the journalist he he had told Vadi to uh, that he for this to be published he needed to confirm the um, 
the details he had given with the police to see that they checked out. And he even managed to get a photograph of Vadi. But he, uh, this uh, photograph is actually online. And he is holding two large knives and his hair is down. So you can't really see his face. You can only like see his his eye and, and a little bit of his uh, left cheek. And in the article he claims that he burnt down the churches and even killed a man in a town called Lillehammer. And a photo remains of the first church burning as a cover uh, for the Bursum EP called Aske, and that is ashes in Norwegian. An interesting thing about it is that the Lillehammer murder he is referring to in the interview was not Vari. It was actually performed by another person in the black metal scene called Faust, a real name Bord Ulvik Aitu, and he is the drummer in the band Emperor. The story goes that he was approached by a homosexual man by the name of Magne Andersen late one night in a place called Olympic Park in Lillehammer. And this was a place known for being a gay cruising spot. And uh, Faust had been on the pubs and he was just walking home. And he was asked for sexual favors by Anderson and he agreed and followed him into the woods where he stabbed him to death 37 times. And he was Faust was sentenced to 14 14 years in prison and was released in 2003. And he is still active in the music scene today and keeps on playing drums. So this article was uh, that Varg did was published on the 20th of January 1993. Uh, However, the police have already taken Vari into custody and the reasons they claimed was that they found his address on a flyer for uh, Bursum. And um, Vari was now a major public figure in Norway because he was going under the name uh, The Count or Count Grisnacht, who was his stage name. So everywhere they were just calling him The Count all the time. And he went to prison while the investigation and trial took place. The black metal scene did not find this as a positive because most of them just wanted to have their uh, subgenre to themselves. So all the media's spin about devil worship and uh, satanic rituals and um, made many in the scene take a dislike towards uh, Vari. And in a way, I I can kind of understand it because. When you are a part of a subculture and these types of cultures go mainstream in a clo- in quotation marks, it kind of loses the charm of uh, being within the culture of being like anti-mainstream and being a subculture. And this went so far that many band members and members of the scene of, of black metal got harassed on the streets and in the shops with uh, questions of devil worship and 
Satan and everything. So they they blamed uh, Vadi for this, for bringing all this attention towards them. And in the end, after three months in jail, he was released in because of lack of evidence. So he was out once again. So far we have quite a picture of Vadi, but later the same year he would become even more famous. According to members of Mayhem, tensions were brewing between Vadi and Euronymous. Uh, and the latter, Euronymous, had operated a record store for black metal called Hell in Oslo. And after the attention of the church burnings, he closed it down after pressure from his parents. And uh, Vadi has stated in interviews that this he found this being uh, quite... Uh, quite dorky and Vadi and Euronymous began their friendship because Vadi needed help to publish Bursum uh, and the music and he felt that closing the store down was a grave insult towards him and the genre as a whole so they started having quarrels and was even sending each other death threats uh, however Euronymous actually owed uh, Vadi uh, royalty money for Bursum's released albums and uh, after a while they um, worked out to uh, have a contract signed to settle this about uh, the royalty checks so on the night of August 10 Vadi and Blackthorn drove from Bergen to Oslo to meet Euronymous and sign this contract. But Euronymous would not see the next day. Vadi stabbed his former friend and band member to death with 27 stab wounds. Two to the head, five to the neck and 16 to the back. Euronymous was found in the stairwell of the first floor in the apartment house. And what really happened in the apartment on the fourth floor is not known. But the story goes that according to Blackthorn, he never entered the house. He was outside having a smoke. And this is something Vadi actually agreed with, that Blackthorn was never a part of it, more than just being the driver. And according to Vadi, the killing of Euronymous was in self-defense. He tells the story that he went to meet Euronymous and in the hallway uh, Euronymous was acting really weird and nervous and he um, presented him with the contract but Euronymous kicked Vadi in the chest and ran to the kitchen for a knife and in the following struggle Vadi then stabbed him to death and Vadi has stated in interviews that Euronymous had threatened to torture him to death and film it because of their rivalry and he was going to use the film of, of the torture as promotional material or something like that so he feared for his life when he was in the apartment so when the two confronted each other in the apartment a, a fight was kind of given so after uh, Euronymous was dead, Vadi and Blackthorn then drove back to Bergen and on the way Vadi ditched his bloody clothes in a lake. 
And this murder sent shockwaves through Norway. And um, in the beginning, there was a lot of speculations that this was a ritual killing and uh, that people from Sweden had drove over in a black metal power struggle to, to kill Euronymous and, and things like that. But Vadi was later arrested in his home on the 19th of August alongside actually 150 kilos of explosives, that is uh, 330 pounds, and 3,000 rounds of ammunition. The reason he gives that he had all of this was that he was... The first reason he gave was that he actually was planning to blow up a radical leftist enclave in Oslo called the Blitzhaus. But he has later changed this and gave the explanation in a 2009 interview that he stockpiled to be able to defend Norway from foreign invaders. So... He was arrested and the trial against Vadi began on the 2nd of May 1994. And this became quite the circus because the media had never seen anything like this. And even fans of Vadi swarmed the trial. There were people in corpse paint in the trial room and, and the media were filming and taking pictures uh, all around. So according to journalists at the time, Vadi was described as a very smart and calm individual during the trial. And there is a famous clip online that when the verdict was read out aloud to him, he can be seen looking straight into a camera and kind of giving this smirking smile. And the verdict came on the 16th of May 1994, and he was sentenced to 21 years in prison for both the murder of Euronymous and the three arsons on churches preceding the murder. And Blackthorne was actually sentenced to eight years for being an accomplice. A side thing is that during this, uh, Hellhammer, Mayhem's drummer, actually released their album, The Mysteries Dom Satanas, the same month as the trial and the sentencing. Uh, you know, there, as the saying goes, there is no PR as, as good or bad PR. Uh, and this sparked a lot of protests from Euronymous parents and family because you, you had to remember that Vadi and Euronymous played together on this album. They recorded this together. So Vadi was playing the bass on this album together with uh, Euronymous. And Hellhammer promised to remove Vadi's uh, bass line from the album or re-record it and record it over it. But he did not do that. He released it anyway. And uh, the album was quite a success. And Vadi, as stated earlier, he served 15 years of his 21-year 20, sentence and was released on the 22nd of May 2009. His time in prison was not without controversy. He started his sentence in a maximum security prison in Badian. 
then moved to a low security prison in Toonsbury in 2003. Here, when he was given a leave from prison, he did not return. He actually flagged down a car and took off after forcing the family out of the car with a gun. And he managed to be on the run for 19 hours and police eventually stopped him and the car in a place called Romerike. And what's interesting about the escape is that he quite obviously had assistance from the outside. Uh, when the police found him, they found in the car knives, gas, a gas mask, camouflage clothing, a portable GPS, maps, uh, a compass, a laptop and a mobile phone. And he had actually held up in a cabin for a couple of hours. And in the cabin they found a handgun and an AG-3 uh, autom uh, automatic rifle. This is a 7.62mm uh, 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 rifle used by... Uh, I, I don't know if it's still in use in Norway, but it's um, it's a former military weapon. So, uh, And this escape and capture added... Uh, 13 months to his sentence. He was then moved to a maximum security prison in Trondheim, where he stayed until the last three years of his sentence, where he was moved to a low security prison in Tromsø. And if, if you're not from Scandinavia and listening to this and think to yourself that Jesus Christ... 15 years for murder and arson and 21 years for murder and arson and he serves 15 and he even have leave uh, i'm not an expert on the prison system in scandinavia but it's uh, quite common for prisoners to have leave uh, where they can um, go visit family or go to the dentist or things like that and uh, sometimes they have uh, you could call it parole officers with them or Sometimes they are alone, and um, there is they they are, of course, they need to get back to the prison after the leave is over. But this is a, a normal thing in in Scandinavia, so it's uh, it's not as shocking. But I understand if it's shocking for some people that don't really know the the prison system in in Scandinavia. <coughs> While in prison. Uh, Vikernes, uh, he um, promoted his views on on the world, who, which combined so-called Udenism and esoteric Nazism. And um, a scholar of, re of religion called uh, Egil Aspersen characterized Vikernes as, and I quote, an idol for skinheads with an inclination towards paganism and for content temporary pagans with an inclination towards national socialism and in 2005 a statement on his website Vikernes wrote that although he had occasionally used the term Nazism to describe his own ideological foundation he no longer describes himself as such he had used the term following his 1994 conviction until the late 1990s, and in an interview he in uh, he did in 2022, he stated that he appreciated being labeled as a Nazi. Among other things, he did not 
wish to be associated with anti-Slavic sentiments. So, yeah, quite interesting. Since the late 1990s, he has described his views as odalism, which he says encompasses paganism, traditional nationalism, racialism, and environmentalism. Vikernes also advocates social conversion, conservatism, simple living, and self-sufficiency. And he um, he has personally he describes his ideology as a fiercely anti-modern. Uh, according to um, a writer for International Business Times, Eric Brown, Vikernes opposes anything deemed as a threat to a pre-industrial European pagan society, included but not limited to Christianity, Islam, Judaism, capitalism, and materialism. Vari has also been quoted to rally against a perceived international Jewish conspiracy to destroy the traditional European identity. So, yeah. And Vikernes wrote actually in a blog post sympathetic to some of the views of the terrorist Anders Berin Breivik who carried out the terrorist attack in Norway where he blew up a house and killed 77 people after also shooting up uh, uh, Utøya Island. Uh, but he, uh, Vari, uh, suspects Breivik to carry out this his terrorist attack as a part of a US, Jewish conspiracy. And he uh, condemned Breivik for killing innocent Norwegians and called him a Christian loser saying, and I quote, the only way to save Europe is to cast aside all Christian and other international nonsense and embrace only the European uh, values and ideals, this, the pagan uh, side of the European ideals. But uh, Beivik has later in fact stated that he actually identifies as an Odinist and he wants together with uh, Vadi to be one of the leaders of the new Nazi party in Norway. So, yeah, you know, two peas in a pod or something like that. So, I mean, Vadi is an interesting person to say the least, and today he lives in France together with his wife and, according to himself, seven children. And in 2013, he and his wife's wife was actually arrested in France on suspicion for planning acts of terrorism. Um, because I think his wife actually bought some rifles and the police uh, heard about this and they um, they arrested them for it. But they were released actually after the police could not prove that, there, uh, had, that they had planned on hitting any targets or anything like that. And the rifles she had bought, she had actually she had bought them legally, so they could not really charge them with uh, anything. And Vadi has kept a YouTube channel for a long time called Thulian Perspective, but this channel was deleted in 2019. 
And this was because YouTube in a statement said that they would be more aggressive to remove, remove channels calling for, and I quote, videos alleging that a group is superior in order to justify discrimination, segre segregation and exclusion. So yeah, well that is the story of Vali Vikines. He is um, he's quite an interesting person. I mean, this is um, this is a person that when it comes to black metal, he is one of the people that comes to the forefront and I think that is both that is it's tragic because I know some black metal people and it's it's they're nice people. So to be I think boxed in with a person like Vadi is it's it's not great because as I said earlier I mean every subgenre has their bad eggs and to attribute everyone in a, a subgenre to be like the bad eggs it's never a good sign so yeah that is the story of Vadi Vikines I hope you enjoyed this um, episode so um Thank you for listening. Please subscribe and give us a rating or share this with a friend if you like to. Until next time, have a good one and goodbye.